I'm Simone and this is Woman and of Color, my limited series podcast that takes a sociological and anti-oppressive look at the relationship between women of color and feminism. to clarify that this is not a historical look at the relationship between women of color and feminism however you can explore any historical angles that you might find here secondly i'd like to clarify that we will be focusing on women of color however having a centered view on black women and lastly when i speak of women i'm speaking of all types of women Hey, and welcome back to Women and of Color. It's me, Simone, as always, and this is episode four, the topic of intersectional feminism. So like always, I've got some focus questions for today, which are number one, what is intersectional feminism? Number two, why does intersectional feminism exist? Number three, what what role does intersectional feminism play for women? And number four, What is the difference between intersectional feminism and mainstream feminism? Our goal for this episode is to establish an understanding about intersectional feminism. I don't think that we're going to go too, too deep. However, it's just to help us establish a basic understanding of what it is. And our bonus question for this episode is simply, Is intersectional feminism necessary? So starting off with question number one, what is intersectional feminism? And so this is what it is to me. Intersectional feminism is a form or type of feminism that stands for the rights, equality, and empowerment of all types of women, specifically by acknowledging and centering the overlapping of identities of women. All right, so to better understand my definition, we need to understand what intersectionality actually is, so the overlapping of identities. Google explains intersectionality to be the interconnected nature of social categorization. So, wait, break from Google for a second. These categories or identities could be, for example, race, gender, social economic class, sexual orientation, disability, age, nationality, and more. Google goes on to explain that uh, these identities applying to the different individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent system of discrimination and disadvantage. So in other words, how someone identifies within these categories will determine whether they are given privilege or a disadvantage. For example, a white straight male versus a white disabled woman. Now they gain the privilege of being white and the male gets the privilege of being a male and straight and the woman gets the disadvantage of being a woman and disabled. Another example would be Um, a black gay male who's rich versus an indigenous poor woman. Uh, Both get a disadvantage for their race. The black man gets a disadvantage for sexuality, however, has a privilege for being male and rich, whereas the indigenous woman will receive a disadvantage for being indigenous, poor, and a woman. 
Okay, so real talk. These categories, uh, they make up the social power pyramid in our society. They hold up white supremacy. They hold up patriarchy. They hold up, you know, class division and inequality and all these other different power structures and hierarchies within our society because, you know, we grant privilege and then disadvantage based on how someone personally identifies. And without acknowledging intersectionality, we ignore those things. You know, we cannot serve people if we are not acknowledging the certain areas that they might need attention because we cannot walk around thinking that everybody has privilege and that everybody is disadvantaged because you cannot give a privileged person the same amount of attention or service as a disadvantaged person it's the question of equity people deserve equity because we are all dealing with different situations based on how we personally identify Okay, on to question two, which is why does intersectional feminism exist? Well, I want to first kind of clarify and speak on the origin story of intersectionality. So legal scholar Kimberly Crenshaw coined the term intersectionality when she was researching cases where black women claimed employment discrimination. So the issue was that these black women weren't getting work because of racism and sexism being black women. But workplaces were hiring white women and black men. So the courts basically said, well, they can't be sexist if they're hiring white women. And there's no way that they can be racist if they're hiring black men. So they told these black women that basically you cannot claim both racism and sexism being present at the same time. Crenshaw realized that black women were falling into the gaps because their overlapping of race and gender was not recognized. So that's the original reason for the labeling of intersectionality. And I say labeling because people were very well aware that intersectionality existed because they experienced it. As you can see with these black women that Crenshaw researched, they were aware and they recognized that they were experiencing racism and sexism at the same time. But what Crenshaw provided was a name, an opportunity for people to label this thing that they were experiencing and well and well aware of. Um, so even though that was the original reasoning and the origin story of intersectionality to call attention to black women falling um, in between the gaps of society, it is also being used to call attention to others who are experiencing the overlapping of their own identities without recognition. Um, with that in mind, we can better understand the existence of intersectional feminism. Intersectional feminism exists to bring intersectionality into the feminist space, right? So it allows people to recognize and to acknowledge that people experience different things depending on their intersecting identities. And so it provides an opportunity for people to really understand the variations and types of barriers and discriminations that different types and different groups of women specifically have to endure. Um, it also calls to the attention that 
it will provide an opportunity for people to be more responsive. So if I know what you're dealing with based on how you identify and your intersecting identities, I can better serve you that way because I personally may not identify as that, but intersectional feminism provides in this space for me to see you as the woman that you are and support you in the various barriers and discriminations that you might be facing personally. So it really helps for women to be placed in a position that is more responsive to actual change and to create support initiatives that actually support women in areas that they truly need help in. Okay, real talk number two. I really want to emphasize this, but I, I want to further emphasize this point that not all women experience inequities the same and not all women experience the same inequities that this idea that all women experience the same inequities and from those selected inequities we're all experiencing them the same way is a delusion that mainstream feminism believes but you know what honestly I'll take it one step further that white supremacist feminism believes and when they do this they are using feminism to as Angela Davis has said push their last glass ceiling meaning that a lot of the women who subscribe to what I just said as white supremacist feminism are women who have every advantage and every privilege in life minus being a woman so that um, they are they're white they're able-bodied um, they're from a higher socioeconomic class so they're affluent um, all all of things they're straight cisgendered all of those things and more that I didn't even mention they receive all of the privileges in our society minus the fact that they're a woman and so they use feminism and the women who come to feminism for support uh, for acknowledgement, they use these women to get at the same level as their well-off male counterparts. And by doing this, they by, by doing this and continuing to do this as we see this in our society today, we are they're neglecting every other woman out there. It, I would go as far as to say that they are weaponizing feminism for their own personal gain. And that is why we really need to, need to understand that every woman is not created the same. That we do not go through society the same way. That we do not experience and interact with society in the same way. That society doesn't interact with us in the same way. And that's why intersectionality is so important. Because without it, we're seeing what we see today. The abuse and they're taking advantage of what feminism is supposed to stand for and the women who are here to gain support and acknowledgement and safety from it. Now, question three is very much a, a continuation of question two, but I am still going to spend some time on it. So question three is, what role does intersectional feminism play for women? So continuing off of, you know, question question one and question two, 
it really is a place where all women matter uh all women's stories matter all women's needs matter all women's accomplishments matter um it's a space where all women get to be served the way they need to be served that they do not have to get behind another woman in line because that's the way that we're going to be serving people today it's not about that that this woman has to go before me because of this that the other no you get to be served and you get to serve other women the way that they need to be served there's a lot of times as well other women don't know how to serve other types of women because they do not know what they need and intersectional feminism says this is a space for you to learn and to serve in the correct way and i believe that's the role that is the role right there it is truly for all women to come together and to fight for the collective which is you know gender inequality and then to break that down and say okay how do you experience gender inequality based on how you identify or how is this impacting you or do you, oh i didn't know that you experienced this this way now i know that i should i should stop serving you the way i need to be served and start serving you the way that you need to be served is that kind of recognition and education and teamwork that intersectionality fosters intersectional feminism fosters that space and so that i believe is the role that is the position that intersectional feminism places itself as a full completely mobile uh type of feminism in and of itself and its role for women is simply that you get served the way that you need to be served you get support the way that you need support and you don't you don't have to shrink yourself or shrink your needs for another woman because there is no there should be no hierarchy right it's just what do you need we're here to help you all right so the last question for this episode is what is the difference between intersectional and mainstream feminism i'm going to go ahead and say solidarity and i'll obviously explain saying that because that obviously does not make any sense because mainstream and intersectional feminism both make the strong claims that they do participate in solidarity with other groups and other types of women. However, it is the execution of said solidarity that I believe is the difference between the two groups, among other things. Because mainstream feminism makes the claim to solidarity. However, we've seen in the past and currently that they're actually failing in truly understanding what solidarity actually looks like in a within a movement within feminism and intersectionality it rests on the framework and exists for the reasons of solidarity without solidarity intersectionality ceases to be what it d- intends to be so that i think is one of the big differences because you have to ask yourself the question for both you know types of feminism you know who's speaking who do i see and who does it serve the simple answers to those three questions i think will paint a pretty clear picture as to the differences between these two feminisms 
And quite honestly, mainstream feminism didn't get the little nickname white feminism for nothing. A lot of the times people would interchange mainstream and white feminism, but it is really speaking about the same feminism. It is the feminism where you see white women, you hear white women, and that serves white women. Specifically, like I spoke about earlier, the well-off white women, the white women whose only source of oppression is the fact that they are a woman. And so we need to understand this because, you know, mainstream feminism um, is very, it very much focuses on the successes and struggles of white women. It is constructed off of the understanding and the needs of white women. It's built to serve white women. And as we explored earlier in the mainstream feminism episode, um, that's what it was for. It was to it was built to serve white women and rendering it actually pro- very problematic for every every other type of woman out there. And so I believe that is the biggest difference. It is the demographic to which um these two feminisms serve and engage with. Intersectional feminism stands on the belief that each and every woman needs to be recognized and supported in the way that they require. Um, not the They do not subscribe, or this type of feminism does not subscribe to the one-sides-fits-all notion that mainstream feminism has often uh, subscribed to. Um, and the one-size-fits-all approach does assist mainstream feminism because they're only supporting one size anyway. So I would say that would be my, I guess, my one-word answer. It would definitely be solidarity. It's just in who are you serving and who do you refuse to serve? Who do you push to the back? Um, how do you go about serving? Uh, it's very much, you know, if I walk through your doors... Will I be accepted or will I be neglected? Um, and so those, that is what I think is the difference between the two. Quick note, when a movement is claiming to engage in solidarity, our practices surrounding solidarity, there are two things that I ask you look at before you agree or disagree to their claim. Uh, one, is there a shared objective? Is there a shared interest? Is there shared standards within the movement? Does everybody know what everybody else needs to be doing? Does everybody know what everybody else is doing? Uh, and then the second one I think is actually the most important. Are there shared um, sympathies? Are there shared understandings? Um, you can't be in solidarity with someone if you do not understand their struggles and their personal needs. The definition of solidarity actually incorporates what I just said, those shared interests, those shared standards, those shared sympathies. They are the ingredients to making solidarity actualized. And if those things are not seen and understood, it doesn't allow for the unit to move as one. 
This can cause tears and obviously neglect as certain members of the group cannot be supported because other members of the group don't actually know what they need in their personal experience. Standing in solidarity with something or someone is to acknowledge that you understand what they're going through. You might not have experienced it, but you understand to the point where you need to stand up beside them and partner with them to assist them in what they need and to provide that type of support. That is why solidarity and diversity are two different things that solve two completely different problems. So you can't put a bunch of different people from different backgrounds, races, genders, sexualities, and so on, put them in a room and say, boom, solidarity. Nobody in that room has gotten an opportunity to sit down with everybody else and say, who are you? What are you going through? What do you need support with? What are we going to do as a collective? What are we going to address as a collective? There's no unity and there's no understanding. There's no communication. And therefore, diversity is mostly to solve the issue of representation. It is not to solve the issue of neglect or lack of support or needing to you know, have more bodies on the ground to attack a certain issue. So you cannot put diversity in an equation where solidarity needs to be. All right, so we have obviously our one last question, our last, last bonus question to address, which is, is intersectional feminism necessary? So is there room for it? Is there demand for it? Is there a problem that intersectionality or intersectional feminism solves, making it necessary to exist? Now, though I'm tempted to try and attempt to draw a conclusion to this question, I'm going to do the same thing that I did for the bonus question of the Black Feminism episode and ask that you, listener, ask this, answer this question on your own. So I'm going to ask the question one more time and then... We're done for today. Is intersectional feminism necessary for women and for our society? So that's all for today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope that this episode has helped you at least start gaining the most basics of understanding surrounding intersectionality and intersectional feminism. But if you desire more information, feel free to get on your own personal rabbit holes and do your own personal research if you so desire. Next episode, we are going to be talking about the themes surrounding mainstream black and intersectional feminism and really focusing on the black women's position as well in feminism i will have two amazing guests with me we're gonna have a sit down and really talk about it i will not be disclosing who those amazing guests are so you're just gonna have to wait and see if this interests you please keep your eyes open and ears peeled for when that episode is out and available Thanks again, and I'll see you when I see you. Women of Color Social Action Project in relation to the Radicals and Simone Brown Productions, 2021. Stay woke, folks.